0: This is Jackie Hauser of Flexner Hauser Injury Law. Welcome to our podcast, Laughter in the Law,
1: where we talk about the law with a lighthearted twist.
0: Today, we're talking about um, legal advice from my cousin, Vinny.
1: Yeah, yeah. Great things to learn (laughs) from from my cousin, Vinny.
0: We, um, one of our friends hosted a movie night a few weeks ago. It was outdoors. It was really still cold outside. Um, so with blankets and lawn chairs and everything we enjoyed it and had some popcorn and hot chocolate and stuff and and the group voted on my cousin Vinny. and and it was i was watching it, i haven't watched it in years although it is one of the favorites for legal videos uh, for legal movies and and i like it as well um of course it has a happy ending everybody loves a happy ending um and so, um, whenever we were watching it, I was like, hmm, that would make a great discussion at a podcast. And so, I jotted down some notes and thought we'd talk about a few today.
1: Yeah, and it was my first time ever seeing it.
0: That's funny. Yeah. It's, yeah. On, it's only 30 years old. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Ralph Macchio is quite young in that movie. He's still young and very cute. He's still cute, but he's very young and very cute in that movie. And so, um, it, was a, it was a great movie. I don't know who uh, wrote the screenplay, but they did a great job.
1: Yeah, I already have some, some favorite scenes uh that just are looping in my head right now. I just mm-hmm. um the actress I can't even remember her name right now.
0: The fiance? Yeah. Yeah, she was awesome. Oh my
1: gosh, so sassy. She
0: stole the show. <laughs> I was... think
1: she inspired my outfit today with, oh, the, she now? with the with the bold lips <laughs> okay. and the jewelry and stuff. I just somehow I uh just yeah, was totally influenced by her and just her that. sass. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Anyway, anyway, down to the nitty-gritty. Okay. So, what are some takeaways we can we can have from uh my cousin Vinny? You
0: know, we could talk for hours about my cousin Vinny. As a matter of fact, if if you're a uh, law geek, you can just Google my cousin Vinny. Legal seminars and plenty of lawyers have launched off of this. I would almost guarantee you, I didn't find it because I didn't google for more than five minutes, but I would almost guarantee you there's probably um, academic classes you can take, especially trial advocacy and stuff about my cousin Vinnie the right things and the wrong things to do, and so um you know this isn't anything new that i'm doing it's it's certainly been explored before and there like i said there's just a well of information there but i just picked a few things that just kind of on the surface we may talk about some later on or we may come back and kind of launch out from some of these um because they're all really important and as many as i mentioned, someone may say well you didn't talk about this or this or this believe me th- this podcast is only so long um <laughs> and we can only hold your attention for so long <laughs> so um one of the first things I, I noticed in my cousin vinny which is really important is that courtrooms have rules courts have rules and uh vinny had a problem with the rules he'd only been you know he had failed the bar 6 times and and even if you've passed the bar on the first time the first time you walk into a courtroom it's daunting because You may not know when to sit down, when to stand up, when to approach the bench. Um, By the way, if you're not a lawyer, you don't approach the bench unless invited to. But there's plenty of those nuances. You don't pass the bar. There's a reason. There's a bar between the audience and the uh, lawyers. It's called the bar, and you must pass the bar to pass the bar.
1: Interesting. Yes. That's a really cool tidbit.
0: Yes. I will um, tell you, I was at a trial recently and obviously lay people don't know that, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're not trying to be disrespectful. They just don't know those courtroom rules. And one of uh, the folks in the audience wanted to come up and talk to me during a break and she came in front of the bar and the uh, opposing counsel got quite offended and started calling the bailiff over to have her removed. And I'm like, Sit down. <laughs> calm down. Um, you know, she just doesn't understand. She was she was precious and she just didn't understand. Now, like the very next day, there was an attorney visiting this trial. And he was in a full suit. He's dressed, you know, like you normally see attorneys in courthouses. He wasn't from that area, but he was an attorney who happened to be next door trying a case. Came over during a break. Um, the uh opposing attorney did the same thing again. Mm-hmm. And she called the old oh, bailiff, get this man out of here, you know, who is he and everything. Um <laughs> and you know, he was offended because he was an attorney. He can yeah. pass the bar. Mm-hmm. And so he turned to her and said, She's pretty uptight, she must be losing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And I was like, <laughs> She's uptight anyway, so, you know, anyway, it was funny. It it was funny, but um, people don't know that. Courtrooms have rules like that. One of the rules has to do with how you dress. You know, I always tell folks, whenever you come into court with me, just dress like you're going to church. Um, That doesn't mean you have to wear a nice frilly hat. Some people do, uh, but just dress like you were going to church. Dress like you were, you know, trying to go for a job interview or something like that. Um, strapless flip-flops ball caps those kind of things are are just um, they just don't bode well in court matter of fact in in our courts um, in North Carolina you don't wear ball caps you take that off and you tuck in your shirt if you're a gentleman Um, if you're an attorney you wear a suit I was in our local courthouse one time waiting for my motion to be heard when some other attorney walked in and she was in her sundress strapless sundress, they weren't flip-flops, we'll call them sandals (laughs) to be nice, and I just sat there with my mouth gaped open going, that is just the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen. You are a member of the bar. Mm -hmm. You understand the rules of the court and how you're supposed to dress appropriately. Um, I did try to take a photo, but I couldn't do one nonchalantly, so I didn't do it, but I, I was quite aghast by it. I will tell you, a similar situation like that where an attorney dressed really in a a decent dress. It was like a Sunday dress. Now, this was an attorney, not just a layperson. And this attorney showed up in a floral print dress for court, and the judge called her up to the bench and told her to go home and get dressed for court and come back. He said, you're dressed for church. You're not dressed for court Mm -hmm. because she wasn't wearing a jacket. Um, And uh, anyway... He, he did not intentionally embarrass her, but I know it, it was embarrassing. So that mainly applies to attorneys more so than lay people. But just as a lay person, dress appropriately. Dress as if you respect the institution, like you were at a job interview or going to church. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing about the court rules is that there's all these rules of procedure um, and a good attorney knows the rules of procedure and knows um, how you will be able to get evidence admitted. Uh, so many times, it's easy to sit at home at night and watch the six o'clock news and hear the results of a trial and say, um, "Oh, that guy must have been guilty," or "Oh, they only got you know X amount of dollars," and you didn't know what procedures and what rules they had to follow. Um, that maybe um, prevented them from having the evidence they needed presented um, or, or something like that. And so these rules of procedure in the civil courts, there's specific rules about trials. And, um, you know, you need to make sure, obviously, that your attorney understands the rules of procedure. Uh, Vinnie did not. Vinny had some issues with that. <laughs> and so. Yeah. He uh, uh, fortunately for his fiance, she was she sat there and read the rules of procedure and and uh, and helped him out on a, a couple of key issues. Um, the silver lining though, he was able to get finally get a good
1: night's rest.
0: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> by being held in contempt, right? Right, he was <laughs> held in contempt, um, and that's nothing unusual. Too usually, that's a great war story. So far, not happened to me, Knockwood somewhere, um, but. Uh, it does make for a good war story to be held in contempt. And um, anyway, but he finally did. It was was quite humorous every day that he did not respect the procedure. He also didn't respect the judge, or at least he appeared not to respect the judge. Mm -hmm. I just think really that was probably just a difference in, being a Southerner versus a Northerner, yeah, a class, a clash of cultures. Abso- oh, that's a yeah. great phrase. It was the class of cultures. Clash, then. Of clash, of cult- clash. Cult- <laughs> clash. <laughs> Let's make that an outtake. Uh, <laughs> yes, a great point. It was the clash of cultures. That's difficult to say in a cold room. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. I even like to, uh, just, I know this has nothing to do with what we're talking about today, but it is in My Cousin Vinny. I loved how they highlighted Grits, and how it made it into the story, too. Yes. I mean, that's just, that's a, I think that's a loving nod to Southern culture, but you were actually able to use it as a point, too, to to defend these young boys, so...
0: What is a grit? Yeah. I love that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and how can you cook your grits faster than anyone else? That's right. Yeah, In the whole
0: universe. That's right. Yeah. I mean, self-respecting southerner doesn't do quick grits. No. We cook our grits. Mm. So. And the
1: best kind are the stone mill.
0: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Anyway, okay. So, wow, that was a lot. Are we done? Those are, well, for... <laughs> <laughs>
0: for the day. <laughs> I'm going to wait till my toes freeze over and then we're done. <laughs> okay. All right. What else did you learn from my cousin, Vinny? Well, we could talk a lot more about the courtroom has rules. Uh, let me talk one more thing about this. Cause okay. this is where a lot of folks have an issue is, you know, they say the judge, the judge is just up there in a robe. He's a man, just like I am. He puts his pants on just like I do, or she's a lady just like I am. And you know, I have to tell my clients a lot of times, you've got to get beyond that. Mm-hmm. We're not just here to respect the person. We're here to respect the institution. And, you know, we have a society, and I, I say some of this in my opening statement to the, to the jury. We have a society where we settle our differences civilly. We come to court in a very civil manner. We present our offenses. We present the evidence. And then we have 12 strangers decide what the truth is. And we agree to abide by whatever that truth is. And if we don't like that truth or we think something was done inappropriately, then we appeal. Mm -hmm. But um, because of that, because we are a civil society, then we respect the institution. And I have judges that I believe do a very good job and then some that, that uh, that don't do as well a job, you know, for whatever reason. That's my personal opinion. But it does not affect the way that I respect them. They are because I'm respecting their role in the courtroom, is to make sure that the procedures are followed and that the evidence that it should be admitted is admitted. If they rule against me, um, you know, I just chalk it up to, well, I have a right for, I have some type of issue for appeal, you know, if we don't win, um, but that's one thing. If you'll just look beyond, it's not the man or the woman in the robe. It's their office that we're respecting. It's the process. It's the foundation of our society, really. Uh, We don't come in and have wrestling matches. We have civil discourse and uh, decide matters like that. So those are some of the things I thought about. Um, You know, it is a legal fight, but it's not a literal fight. And Mm -hmm. so Vinny certainly was in the middle of a legal fight, um, which he finally figured out how to, how to win.
1: Yeah, and learning the rules by flying by the seat of his pants. Uh, yeah.
0: With a little help from the fiancé, yes. Yes, yes. Now, one thing Vinny did do, which was my next point, if you want to move on. Yeah, let's do okay. it. One thing Vinny did do was he did the work. With the help of his fiancé, his, his assistant, he mm. did the work. And that's what you need is you need an attorney that's willing to do the work. You know, um, my mantra is I'm always preparing for trial very few of my cases go to trial very few you know less than five percent but um if you prepare for trial and you settle your case that's good if you prepare for settlement and all of a sudden your attorney finds himself sitting in trial that's not good because you're not prepared and so things that he did he took photographs you know he went around town took photographs He, he, he interviewed witnesses He did all the background stuff that he needed to do to prepare for trial. Um, And then even things that he didn't know he was doing, like the grits, that just was planted back there. And whenever he needed it, while the witness was on the stand, he had that information. Um, uh, I can remember being in trial and have read that morning paper, uh, and so maybe I was reading the paper about something. And then whenever you get to trial, there may be a jury. We may be in jury selection, and there may be a jury that, excuse me, a juror that maybe whatever article I read has something to do with their job or their position or something like that. And I can relate to them through that. Oh, I saw in the paper this morning that, you know, you guys, your business is expanding. You know, is that going to prevent you from being able to focus on this case? There's questions like that. So, um, so do the work and, and, and Vinny certainly did do the work and it certainly paid off in the end, Um, you know, and make sure that your attorneys are doing the work and that, you know, they are working your file. And preferably before the trial starts. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You know, we always ask, were there witnesses? Do you have photographs? Um, and we always check for uh, traffic cameras, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we always, even even if the officer doesn't identify on the accident report any witnesses, we still ask. There may have been witnesses that the officer didn't think were helpful, so they they didn't put them down. Usually, the officer is looking for an eyewitness that saw the accident happen, but this could be a witness that heard the accident happened and then came to assist. Well, I still want to talk to that person, and so um, a lot of times those are just in the notes and not necessarily on the report.
1: And by heard the accident, you mean like maybe they were in a neighboring gas station, heard the crash, and came out. Absolutely. And so then it's a matter of did you hear t- car uh, tires screeching? Um, mm-hmm. What did you What was your first uh, What did you first see when you walked out the door? That kind of a thing.
0: Right. What did yeah. you see? What did you hear? you know, you may have been pumping gas and heard it and just had to look and then you saw the impact. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, the officer's not going to get there for 15 minutes maybe. Mm -hmm. And so just, you know, their impressions while they're there, those are always pretty important things and it's Mm -hmm. good to talk to. Um,
1: Yeah, and if there's tire marks, take some some pictures.
0: Yeah, you know, we had a case um, recently where uh, the officer said there were no tire impressions. But... The folks got out, it was actually a pedestrian, and a witness started taking pictures, mm-hmm. and the witness showed that there were tire impressions, um, and so that made a difference in the, in you know the case. Did the, was the person slowing down to stop or not? Well, if there's, they've left tire impressions, then certainly they are, um, and so that made a difference. And, and if I wouldn't have known that, but for the fact that the officer told me about this witness. Mm-hmm. Um, but the witness didn't see the accident. They arrived after the accident. Interesting. It was interesting. Pretty interesting mm. stuff. So, so do the work, and, and Vinny did that, and we liked. And uh, and so, you know, I liked uh, his his style of coming to court and doing the work. And Lord, a jury loves a visual. They love a photograph. They love you to hand them something or show them something. So, um, so certainly that's always very helpful. Um, and then the last one that we'll talk about is you get what you pay for. Uh, Vinny was free <laughs> and sometimes sometimes you get what you pay for um, whenever you, you know Vinny first of all you know if you don't know the movie Vinny is defending his his cousins his cousin and his cousin's friend on murder charges and Vinny's only been practicing law for a few weeks and he's never had a trial number one and never had a murder trial number two I've never had a murder trial and don't want to have one because mm-hmm. I do civil work not criminal but you have to be very experienced to do a murder trial uh, and to defend um, defendants in a murder trial. And so, um, you know, but that was all that they could afford was a, was a free attorney. And so, you know, I often hear folks, you know, we have folks all the time come to us who have hired another attorney, um, maybe even sight unseen. They've either gotten something by a text or they've gotten a phone call, which um, there's some ethical issues with that. With those two modes of communication, attorneys should not be reaching out to you unless they know you, um, and so. Or unless you've opted in
1: to some type of subscription
0: or newsletter right.
1: or something like that. Well, that
0: comes under the knowing, but that's yeah, a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, certainly, attorneys can advertise. We can put up billboards and have TV ads and send you a letter. Uh, you know, but on the outside of that letter, it has to say, "This is an advertisement." Hey, I know you've been in an accident. And I just want to offer you my services. But there are some that cross that line, and mm. you've just got to be careful about that um, because that's, those are ethical issues, and you don't know if you're getting what you're going to pay for.
1: Yeah, it sounds very predatory. It does.
0: That's a yeah. great word for it. It does. And 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 so many times they get two or three, maybe even two or three months into this mm-hmm. representation. Once they've signed on the dotted line, then they're basically ghosted. We've had this story is just happening so much. Um, And they're basically ghosted. And then they come in and say, I need an attorney, but I've got an attorney, but my attorney won't won't return my calls. I won't even answer my calls. Mm. Um, And so that kind of puts us a little behind as well, because we've got to catch up. Don't mind doing it. But just remember, you get what you pay for you know, ask your friends, ask folks who've been in accidents, who, who did, they, who did they hire? Did they have a good outcome? And yes, let me talk about reviews for a minute. You know, Google is all about a review. Um, and we certainly solicit reviews. I can tell you our reviews are from a hundred percent, um, from folks that know us, from folks we've represented, from folks who know our represent, uh, that know our reputation. Um, and they are authentic. Um, So be careful whenever you select someone because you do get what you pay for. And if you're paying for um, someone just because they contacted you quickly, um, think about or ask yourself, who else have they represented that I know? Um, What can they bring to the table? What is different about them? Look for firms and attorneys that are ethical and that have good reputations for not just not just throwing up a billboard that says, oh, I've recovered millions of dollars for my clients, but saying, I care about my clients. And that's kind of what I focus on. I certainly want to recover millions of dollars for my clients, but I more, more importantly want to be able to care for my clients because in the, at the end of the day, that's really what matters. And yeah. certainly uh, in Vinny's case, at the end of the day, it ended well um, because it's a movie. And sometimes in real life, those kind of situations don't end well when where you've been uh, preyed upon and you've selected the wrong counsel.
1: Yeah, and we uh, we've definitely done some like little TikToks and things like that to talk about how our uh, law firm is different than others. And one thing that um, we we continue to say is uh, that. Um, if our clients want to speak to you directly, you're a, they are able to. Unless you're out of the office or, you know, in, in a deposition or at trial or something like that. Uh, if they want to, they don't have to, you're, you're, there's no gatekeeping, you know? Right.
0: Um, Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and, and I know that in larger law firms, um, which, I mean, they're large, so I know that that typically means that they are being successful in some way. Um, but typically in larger law firms, you know, there is the, you may talk to the secretary. You'll be lucky if you talk to the paralegal. You may have talked to a legal assistant in between there. Mm -hmm. Um, Rarely ever the attorney until, you know, the big play is happening. Right. Right. Uh, But uh, there are times whenever our clients call and say, I just want an update and I want to hear from Jackie's lips. And, And if Jackie's in the office, we say, hey client
0: so-and-so's on the phone and and you say put them through absolutely yeah so those those are my takeaways from my cousin Vinny um Mm -hmm. you know I could have a hundred more but those are kind of like the top three that popped in my head and I thought it'd be cool to talk about today
1: yes and I will just say that I've been racking my brain this whole time I mean I have been listening I promise (laughs) but I have been racking my brain this whole time being like who played the fiance and it was Marissa Tomei so, before we get all the comments. Oh, sorry, hit my mic. Hit you're my good. Before we yay. get all those comments being like, how could you forget the actress? Marissa. Mar- yeah, Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei. Yeah. She did a great job.
0: Awesome. She did. Yeah. 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 I Absolutely. think she
1: may have stole the show. I mean, she was definitely my favorite. Right. Yeah. Gotta love that sass. Anyway, those are some great takeaways, some great things to learn from my cousin, Vinny. And uh, I know I learned some stuff. Um, Even working in a law firm, it seems like every day I'm learning new things. So uh, thank you for sharing.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's all we got for you today. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for tuning in. Thanks for joining in for Flexner Hauser Injury Law, Laughter in the Law.
1: Where we talk about the law with a light hearted twist.